This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Academy show here on the Blood Red Club for exclusive members of the Blood Red Club. Myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison here to talk through all things out of Kirby. We're going to talk about the under-23s. We're going to talk at, talk about a few standout players who featured for Jurgen Klopp's first team in the Carabao Cup away at Preston North End, as well as our one to watch. Matt, there is plenty to get through. How are you keeping? Yeah, all good, mate. It's uh, a busy time, isn't it? It's loads of, of bits going on, but it's always good to, to check in. We've not done one of these shows for, for a while, so it felt like the right time, obviously, with Tyler Morton in particular, you know, stepping up and, and being the, the name really on a lot of people's lips at the moment. It, it sort of feels like the, the right time to, to have a little roundup and, and see how the, the teams are getting on again. Yeah, he's one of the players we are going to be speaking about. Spoiler alert, he isn't the one to watch for regular viewers and listeners to the Academy show. You know how the format works. We go through the age groups and how they've been getting on. And then before we go, we do give you our one to watch. Tyler Morton isn't that, but we are going to be speaking about him in depth in a bit. Before we do that then, Matt, let's run through kind of the the recent form and how the sides have been getting on. We'll start with the under-23s, mate. Yeah, plenty to, to sort of speak about. I'm not going to go through every single game in, in detail, but we'll go back as, as far as the, the 3-0 win against Arsenal, actually, at Anfield. Matthias Musilovski and, and James Norris scoring there, and, and interestingly as well, Pal Glatzel as well, back for, for one game only. Obviously didn't have a, a game for, for Tranmere where he's on loan for the season that weekend. They brought him back. They needed a, a centre-forward, so he came in and, and he got himself on the score sheet as well. So that was obviously a decent one. I'm sure a few people would have been inside uh, Anfield for that one. Didn't manage to, to get down there myself, unfortunately. It was uh, one of those where I was working. I think it was uh, about an hour after uh, full-time in, in one of Liverpool's first-team matches. So it wasn't the easiest one to, to get access to, but I'm sure you know anybody who went down to that would have been impressed. And, and that was kind of a in the middle of a, a decent run, actually, for, for Musilovsky. He was one that possibly, I thought, would have been in the, the first-team squad for, for one or two games this season. Could still well be, uh, of course, later on in, in the campaign, but certainly he has, has been doing well. And Elijah Dixon-Bonner as well, uh, another one, a bit a, sort of a name that people will have known. He's been in and around these teams for, for a good couple of years now, at, at least probably even longer than that, to be fair. And he started scoring goals. It's uh, an element of, of his game that he's not really had, you know, over the last few years, but started to, to score a few goals, scored twice in a two-all draw with Blackburn. And obviously we know that he very nearly left Liverpool in the summer. They allowed him to, to go and have a trial at a couple of places. Portsmouth was was one of those. And yeah, it was uh, a move that, that didn't quite happen for him. Probably it's a little bit late in the day to, to force his way properly into to Jurgen Klopp's first team. But uh, yeah, certainly in that two-all draw with Blackburner, a pretty impressive performance. A couple of really nice goals from him as well from midfield, which uh, is never a bad thing. No, certainly not. And I suppose in terms of the, the 23s as well, we see them so often doing really well in sort of Premier League 2 in, in cup games that they have as well. But added on top of all of that as well, they do have professional football to play in the Football League trophy, the Papa John's trophy, as it is these days. How have they been getting on and, and who's who's up next for them in that one? Yeah, it's it's always an interesting one, isn't it? It's one that we always have to, to caveat with. This is basically for the experience. They're, they're not in it to win it. it. It doesn't particularly matter 
how they get on. They haven't even always entered the competition. I wonder, you know, whether that might be something that they think about it again in in future. Just because the the results do tend to to be heavy wins for for their opponents. So Port Vale is coming up. I think that's just before the international break. That one, but they've already lost four nil and four one to, to Rochdale and Bolton. So. It's not been the best start results-wise, but as we always say, development comes first for Liverpool. This isn't a trophy that they're going to go for. They're not going to bring players back to, to play in this tournament just for the sake of, of winning. It's all about giving these players the experience of, of coming up against you know senior professionals. Obviously, you can get that if you're Paul Glatzel and, and you've gone out on loan or Adam Lewis or whoever it might be. But I think for, for those who are staying behind and, and playing regular academy football, I think this is you know a big a big benefit for them. Uh, I think there's there's possibly an argument that there comes a point where losing 4-0 and 4-1 isn't maybe as beneficial. But yeah, I think for, for the time being, Liverpool will stick with it. As I say, they haven't always entered it. I do wonder whether there'll be conversations within the, the walls at, at Kirby to determine whether they go into it again in future. But I think for the time being, at least, you'd say it's it's probably more beneficial for them to learn just the, the tricks of the trade, really, at senior level experience what that's like compared to, to academy football and ultimately they know that if they lose 4-0, 4-1, whatever it might be, it doesn't particularly matter. It's it's not one that Liverpool have any expectations in. It's it's just a case of, of it being a pretty good learning experience. So yeah, it's it's a sharp learning experience to, to put it mildly, but uh, possibly one that I think Liverpool will will probably persevere with in future. Yeah, and as you say, he's a very, very steep learning curve indeed. What about the under-18s then? And a few names again to to throw in here, one of which, Oakley Cannon, yeah, who just can't stop scoring right now, Matt. Yeah, no, he's, he's fantastic, isn't he? I think it's 15 goals already this season. I think 10 in seven in the uh, under-18s Premier League North. So, yeah, just a, a goal uh, well, more than a goal every game at the moment for him. So fingers crossed that can continue. I think we probably would have known a little bit more about him. We certainly would have heard a lot more about him had he not been injured for a large portion of last season. Obviously, that was impacted anyway with COVID and, and all the rest of it. But I think you know, for, for him to just stay fit, show what he can do on a regular basis is is fantastic. And I'm sure you know before the end of this season, he'll probably step up and, and play for the under-23s because he's just scoring far too many goals to, to leave him out. But uh, he's not the only one. There's, there's a few other names. Liverpool have, have played a friendly at, at under-18s level. They lost that one actually to, to Huddersfield. But Malcamu Fraundorf, who again is a, a familiar name to, to regular watchers or, or listeners to the show. Again, you know, a, a really good... Um, sort of start to, to this season a real big progression I think from him physically um, adding goals to his game as I say got the, the goal in this one he just seems to to have that knack really of being in the right place at the right time and that's certainly what it was in in this one it was only a 70 minute game so three goals conceded in 70 minutes probably not ideal but again for, for Melkham and Fraundorf you know a positive to, to take from that off the back of that then the, the Merseyside derby Liverpool winning 4-0 against Everton last weekend you know, James McConnell is, is probably a new name that, that people haven't heard of, but he's one that's, that's stepped up this season from 16s to, to 18s. Not seen a huge amount of him, but have liked what I've seen so far. And obviously, if you're scoring 
against Everton. That's certainly one way to endear yourself to, to Liverpool fans. So no bad thing there. And then again, another couple of, of new names, Bobby Clark and Stefan Bicetic, I think is, is how that is pronounced. Bicetic. Um, I was waiting for you to say that then because we've we've debated that I've tripped over it a number of times, but Bicetic, is that what you're saying? Yeah. That that's what I'm going with. I, I do need right. to, to check that with Andy Kelly. I'm sure he'll have a, a far, far better uh, knowledge of, of how you want to get we probably said it, we probably said it accidentally one of the twelve times we've tripped over it. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you wanna you wanna clip them all up, take them to him and say, right, which one of these are, but yeah. Yeah, I've done that with with plenty of names over the years, so uh, no uh, no surprise there. But yeah, he's uh, I think I think his father used to play for Croatia, grew up in Spain, so he's a Spanish youth international. So to be fair, it's uh, it's a fairly difficult one to to wrap our lips around. But uh, yeah, again, I think that was that was his first goal, certainly his first goal this season. I think he possibly scored for the under 16s last season, but I think it's his first goal at under 18s level since coming in. Uh, Liverpool and, and Bobby Clark, um, again, one of those that, that just seems to have settled in really nicely. I think it's two goals and, and two assists for him this season in four league games. So, you know, certainly the, the numbers are there. Still only 16 he is as well. So, yeah, plenty of, of excitement for, for the under-18s, obviously, most notably a 4-0 win over Everton. And obviously not quite the under-18s, but under-19s. And next up for the kids, is it El Nino's Atletico Madrid? It certainly is, yeah. A familiar face was on the touchline. It'd be interesting to see if he travels over. I don't think he's their coach. I think he's actually some sort of director of, of their youth academy. So he's not necessarily going to be there when they travel over here. But, you know, potentially might be. Be an interesting one to, to see if uh, we can spot him on the, the touchlines on Wednesday afternoon. So, yeah, it's uh, another important one. Again, it's it's not necessarily about the results. Obviously, Liverpool have done OK at, at that level um, so far this season. There's always going to be, you know, a big sort of focus on that competition just because it's against, you know, different teams. It, it matches certainly in the group stage what happens at a senior level. So it's very easy to, to sort of keep a, a track of, of how things are going for, for that team. But yeah, it's it's one of those, probably it's more important than the Papa John's trophy, but it's it's one of those where, again, the results are not massively important. But if Liverpool can get through the group stage, get themselves into the knockouts, that is certainly something that can only really help the development. Again, you know, last season it was disrupted. We didn't get to see the youth league. I think one or two players, you know, certainly missed out in that. Be interesting to see though whether Tyler Morton is is in the the youth team squad or, or whether he's with the first team because you know I know he's a, another name that's impressed in that competition and obviously gone on to to impress for, for Liverpool with the first team as well. Yeah, you've teased us there with what is up next. We we often, obviously, and we will finish with our one to watch, but there are a couple of individuals, even before we get to that, that we do want to highlight on this edition of the Academy Show and talk about, and one of which is Tyler Morton, which I'm delighted to be able to talk about because on Friday's Blood Red podcast ahead of the Brighton game, I put it to Ian Doyle that with the shortage in midfield, surely he's worthy of a place on the bench. He shot me down and said, no, 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 he'll be with the youth team. But he wasn't. He was on the bench for the first team. And I suppose with Naby Keita's injury as well that he picked up in that game against Brighton. Obviously, we're waiting to hear Jurgen Klopp speak to the press at the time of recording this ahead of the Atletico Madrid game. But we wonder how long he's going to be out for, as well as the likes of Thiago and Fabinho as well. And with Tyler Morton, certainly the composure with which he showed, he 
I suppose he didn't have the, the strongest opening 20 minutes against Preston, but he showed real good composure to grow into that game and come into it. And I have to say, Matt, I've been really, really impressed. We've spoken an awful lot over the last year, 18 months of the likes of Leighton Clarkson and Jake Kane. And of course, last week's Blood Red Club focused on how Leighton Clarkson's getting on at Blackburn Rovers, maybe not quite as well as Harvey Elliott did, albeit that can completely be expected given the talent of Harvey Elliott. But I suppose with Elliott, also another midfielder injured, the door really is opening up for Tyler Morton. Yeah, it certainly is. And it, it just goes to show, doesn't it? You only need to sort of be in and around and, and impressing at the right time to, to get an opportunity. And look, Liverpool would not have, have put Tyler Morton on the field if they didn't think he was ready. I think it was probably telling that he didn't make an appearance against Brighton at the weekend. He's not quite ready to, to come into a, a senior game in, in that sort of way just yet. But I thought he was really impressive, actually, in the, the Carabao Cup. He, he was in, obviously, the previous round as well. And I just think, you know, for, for someone like him, he's got all of, of the abilities. It is just going to be a case of, A, making sure he stays fit and he isn't injured, but also that he just continues to, to do what he does whenever he gets these little opportunities, be able to, to take them. And I think it's interesting if, if Liverpool at senior level do beat Atletico Madrid and, and do seal their place in the, the last 16 with a couple of games to spare on Wednesday, I think it could be really interesting for, for Tyler Morton then because I think there's a good chance that we could see him do what Leighton Clarkson did last season, which was, you know, come into the team. I think it was FC Michelin, wasn't it, away in, in Denmark that, that Leighton played last season. Could we see something similar maybe with, with Tyler, possibly in the, the Porto home game, maybe even, you know, the, the trip to the San Siro on match day six? I think there's there's going to be opportunities for, for him that just keep on coming because, you know, obviously Naby Keita is out injured. We don't quite know at the time of recording the extent of the injuries to Thiago and, and Fabinho. Jordan Henderson looks really tired at the moment. There is going to be a, a vacancy really in the, the middle of, of midfield. And I think you said it the other day, you know, Tyler just looks probably better at, at this at this stage than, than maybe Leighton or, or Jake Kane did, you know, when they were in the team. And I mean, the, the biggest thing, the, the most exciting thing actually for me is that we've only seen him at senior level as a number six. I actually think he's better a little bit further forward. So it'd be interesting to see where exactly his minutes continue to come. If it's as a holding midfielder, so be it. I'm sure, you know, he'd take any opportunity to, to play for Liverpool that there is. But I really do think there's there's a better midfielder in there if you play him a little bit further forward. I think the, the numbers last season show that with the, the goals and the assists. So, yeah, be interesting to see what they do, but technically very gifted. As Jurgen Klopp said, he still needs to grow into his body, become a little bit more athletic. But as soon as he does that, he's got all of the uh, the attributes that you need, really. Yeah, he does still have the, the physical maturity to come. But he, even then, he's he's got a tall frame himself. It is basically just a case of, of filling out and, and bulking up. And whilst we don't like to talk about those from down the East Lanks too often, you saw how quickly a player like Mason Green... Greenwood went through that physical yeah. transformation during that lockdown and uh, yeah you just hope for Tyler Morton that he can kind of add that because I have to say very very exciting to see such a, a local young local player coming through the system and uh, yeah showing what they can do and just I thought he, he spoke brilliantly after the Preston game didn't he of, of going over yeah. to the away end and clapping and that that was a lifelong dream already fulfilled at his tender years and hopefully yeah he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders he can really continue to go far you said right at the beginning there though that Liverpool wouldn't have put him on the field of play if they didn't feel he was ready when that team sheet dropped at Deepdale at Preston North End there was a name on there that even you as our academy expert were very surprised to see. Ian Doyle mentioned it as well himself on the Blood Red podcast. And that being Harvey Blair, who's 
only a handful of times appeared for the under-18s, let alone the under-23s. What did you make of his appearance and kind of his development? How how high hopes are there for him? Yeah, I mean, he's one that's been injured for a lot of last season, so I didn't really see a huge amount of him at under-18s level. He's very quickly gone from under-16s to senior level, never played for, for the under-23s before. So it was a, a massive shock, really. I'm not 100% sure. I suspect there might have been a little injury to Mateusz Musielowski, and that was possibly why it was Harvey Blair that came in rather than him, because I certainly would have put those two the other way around in terms of the stage of, of the development that they're at. I think he did okay. I think he was on for, what, 55, 60 minutes against Preston. Obviously, comes off after that, and I think Connor Bradley came on, another name that people will be familiar with from this show. But I think he, he did okay, didn't he? He didn't do anything spectacular, but you know, given the circumstances, the fact that you know, we, if you'd have said even that he was on the bench beforehand, that would have been a bit of a surprise to me. So, yeah, I think he, he did pretty well. And you know, we, we spoke about Tyler Morton. Tyler Morton's sort of come out and said that his sort of idol is is Thiago. Harvey Blair, I know in the past has spoken about his idol being Ronaldo and not Cristiano Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo, who I think was about six when he. Um, I think Harvey Blair was about six when he retired. So quite how he remembers him, I don't know. But uh, if he can start to take any sort of traits from the Brazilian Ronaldo, I'm sure Liverpool fans will be impressed. But plenty more to, to sort of come from him. It was a decent start from him. A difficult game to, to come into, obviously, against a, an experienced championship team. I just think he, he did look a little bit out of, of his depth, but it's far too early to, to start to, to make judgments on him. Certainly when you watch him at under 18s level, he is one of the, the better players technically. And, you know, I think as long as, as he stays fit, as to be fair, his coach, Mark Bridge-Wilkinson, told me uh, about six or seven weeks back, as long as he stays fit, he's got every chance. But the big thing for him really is, is just keeping himself fit, keeping himself fresh and, and making sure he's on the pitch as much as he possibly can be. Yeah, no, fair enough. Right, time to get to our one to watch. I think it's probably been the most bigged up one we've ever had of all time. Mentioned it in the intro and feel as I've mentioned it all the way through our chat map. But who is the one to watch this time around? Yeah, I've gone for, for Bobby Clark this time. I think it's it, it's a, a tough ask at this stage to, to sort of come up with, with new names that, that people haven't seen. Obviously, Harvey Blair is, is one that I think we've possibly had as, as one to watch in the past, certainly. He has uh, well surpassed our, our expectations in terms of that. But yeah, Bobby Clark is is an interesting one. Um, only 16, as I mentioned before, I think scored twice and, and assisted twice already in, in five games at league level for, for Liverpool this season. He's not made a, a first appearance yet in the youth league. He's been on the bench, I think, for, for all three of, of those games so far. So it'll be interesting to see if and when he gets the opportunity to do that. Obviously still 16, so very young a lot of time for, for him still to develop. But I, th- I just think he's he's a really interesting player. He's, he's kind of one that Liverpool have, have tried to buy that kind of player a few times. Harvey Elliott, I think, is is one of the examples. Uh, we mentioned Fraundorf before. I think he's another one. You think of someone like maybe a, a Max Voltman or someone like that. Just these players that can kind of play in, in all four front positions. I think that's a huge thing for, for Liverpool at first team level when you think of uh, Salah can play a couple of roles. Diogo Jota can probably play in, in four roles. Roberto Firmino is quite versatile as well. Sadio Mane can play either side or, or through the middle. I think that's something that they really do look for. And you know, Bobby plays it a little bit deeper quite often off the left or, or maybe as a number 10. But the fact that he can play both sides through the middle, deeper, 
probably could play as a, a false nine as well if you needed him to. I think it's just a, a testament really to the kind of game intelligence and, and footballing intelligence that, that Liverpool really value. So, yeah, one to watch is, is Bobby Clark. Still early days, but really good signs from him so far. It feeds all the way down from the top, though, doesn't it, in terms of also how Liverpool want the whole system to look in terms of having wide-scoring forwards, if that makes sense, rather than just having that that focal one striker or even we are seeing more and more, I suppose, front twos coming back into to fashion. But having your wide players being able to contribute goals and the volume of goals with which obviously Liverpool's first teamers do seems to be something that, that they are very, very kind of fixated on. Even two, you didn't mention there, Misulovsky and Kai Gordon as well seem to kind of fit into that bracket. And so far, Bobby Clark has as well. I think one of the real benefits of kind of the, the, the Blood Red Club we've got is we've kind of been able to unearth and look at this even more in depth than just the academy shown saying, oh, you want to keep an eye on Bobby Clark because Newcastle United, when they lost him, were beside themselves, weren't they? When you spoke to Lee Ryder for one of our, our Blood Red Club episodes a, a few weeks or even even months ago now. Yeah, it was uh, about two months ago, I think it was, that, that we spoke to him. And you know, obviously, Newcastle, a very different club now than what they were then, even though it wasn't that long ago, obviously, with all the, the backing and, and the finances that they've got. I think Liverpool got in there just in time, really, in terms of being able to capitalise on basically a local player whose dad had played for the club, was you know a big legend for them. But you know, he decided that actually it wasn't best for, for his development to stay at Newcastle. Quite often we think of clubs like Newcastle or, or Sunderland or Everton or Leeds or you know whatever it might be you look at you know um I can't remember the lad's name off the top of my head now but he's just made his debut for for Leeds the the scouse forward who's Joe uh, Gellhart that's the one it was on he came for at Wigan he was at Wigan yeah he did yeah yeah I think um you know plenty of, of clubs have, have looked at him in the past but he's ended up going to, to Leeds because he felt that there was a pathway but I think there's there's just as much of a pathway now at, at Liverpool, and I think you know for Bobby Clark to have picked them over one or two other clubs, Bayern Munich, Tottenham, others as well that that looked at him. I think that's you know a real testament to the way that not just that Liverpool recruit, but the way that they sell the the idea of coming to play for for Liverpool in in Kirby. So yeah, it's a, a hugely exciting one. The big comparison to, to Paul Gascoigne is is one that obviously catches the eye. The fact that Jurgen Klopp stepped in as well to kind of have a one-to-one -one chat with him and say, listen, this is the plan. We've done this with other players. You mentioned uh, Kate Gordon there, obviously Harvey Elliott as well. I think there's just so many examples. And as you say, it comes from the top. It's it's so coherent. The fact that Jurgen Klopp has, has stepped in to get this one over the line probably tells you everything you need to know really about just how highly rated he is. I think you know, there's been plenty of, of players that, that Klopp wouldn't have taken the time to, to do that for. But the fact that he stepped in on this one, I think, says everything. And yeah, the, the Paul Gascoigne comparison is not one that I want to put my own name to anytime soon. But uh, yeah, certainly a, a big, big shout from, from Lee Ryder. I'm going to go down a complete tangent here. Um, off on a complete tangent, I should say. And I suppose even... Even though there's uncertainty at the top of the club right now regarding, say, Michael Edwards and what happens with him next, in someone like Julian Ward, whose position before being assistant sporting director was the head of loan and, and pathways for players, I suppose only really goes to underline that, doesn't it? Even when there is a bit of uncertainty as to what is going to happen right at the top, the guy who, should Michael Ed Edwards move on, is likely to then step in. 
his his background actually is a case of escalating these players. And, and when Liverpool have so many talents within the academy right now, and it's not just a case of we kind of come on here and talk about these academy prospects and say, oh, this could be a good player. There genuinely are so many within the system right now that you look at and go, could make something. That actually moving away maybe from a sporting director whose forte is maybe in the recruitment side of, of transfer dealings like that. If you've got someone who just knows how to help players on their pathway, it could really be an exciting kind of next phase for Liverpool. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the the, the contingency plan is there. Fingers crossed that, that Michael Edwards does end up staying, but there is that sort of plan in place if he doesn't. And, and you're absolutely right. It's it's all part of the, the bigger picture, isn't it? I think there's, well, for, for me, for, for as long as I've been covering, certainly, but even before I was covering Liverpool, you know, there's never been so many players that you think there's a genuine chance that that they could make it. And we're even looking at, at players like Cade Gordon has, has come in at, at the age of 16 and already you're thinking, well, it's virtually nailed on that he's going to make it at Liverpool. If he doesn't, it would be a, a surprise because of, of the talent that he's got. Harvey Elliott was the same. He was one that you kind of just knew there wasn't really much risk. The strategy seems to be that they go after these players at, at such a young age, but they've just got it absolutely spot on. And like I said before, if you've got the pathway, not just in terms of you know the, the people directing this, but the other people that we maybe don't speak about in terms of the backroom team, the scouting, all of that sort of thing. Not only that, but you've also got now examples. It's not just a case of this is the way that we see it happening for you. If you're Cade Gordon, you can look at Harvey Elliott and go, well, if I want to go out on loan, I can make that choice. I don't think you know Liverpool were desperate for him to go out to Blackburn, but they obviously let him do that because that's what he pushed for and it worked well for them. If they want to go down that path, they can. Otherwise, you know, they can have a, a more Curtis Jones style pathway, similar to, to what Manchester City have done with Phil Foden. I think there's there's merits to, to both of those routes. But whichever way you look at it, if you're a, a player who's looking at Liverpool now, you don't have to look at it and think, well, Liverpool's first team is so good, I've got no chance of, of getting in there. You've got Harvey Elliott, you've got Curtis Jones. Before that, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Soon, I'm sure it'll be Cade Gordon and, and others that we're talking about. Hopefully, you know, Bobby Clark or Malcolm Fraundorf or whoever it might be. I think there's just so many examples now that once you've got one or two through, it becomes easier then for, for the others to follow. So, yeah, th there's never been a, a bigger contingency of players that you think really could make it at Liverpool but I don't think that's going to go anywhere either because the, the structure there is is so good and so sound that it would almost be it would almost be difficult for them to, to start getting it wrong at this point so yeah it's it's hugely exciting yeah definitely well that's all we've got time for here on this edition of the academy show here of course as members of the blood red club if you know others who are interested in all things academy or regardless of everything else we've brought to you so far in the blood red club do continue to spread the word and get people to sign up to the exclusive offerings here through the blood red club and through the newsletter of course the link is in the description as ever but for myself guy clark and matt addison thanks for your time and your company it's bye for now You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.